0: it's deja vu six straight wins for the phoenix suns they are starting to look like the team that we watched all of last season my takeaways from the sun's 119 109 home victory over the portland trailblazers coming right up on locked on suns network your team every day We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, covering the Suns the past five seasons as a credentialed media member. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single morning. Feels good on win streaks like this one to be along for the ride. Again, a 119-109 victory by the Suns over the Trailblazers. They move to 7-3. and three. Portland falls to 0-6 on the road, but that, of course, doesn't matter to any of you, except for this most recent loss on the road, and uh, we'll get into it. We'll do our normal recap show. I'm going to tell you what I came away from this game thinking more than anything else. We'll talk about the good stuff in particular a little bit more in segment two. Of course, that will be a ton of Frank Kaminsky talk, so do not be concerned if I don't hit it right away. Frank had a career high 31 points. We will get to him plenty the second segment. I'll, I'll probably just clear out and, and it'll be a Frank Palooza, so do not worry. And then we'll close the show with our usual segments here. How many shots did Mikhail Bridges take? Cam Johnson breakout watch, which is not going super great. And then the bench mob vibe check. So, Stay tuned for all of that. But let's get to the main takeaway here first. Uh, And today's show, guys, is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Okay. Big thing I came away from this game with is that the Suns are in gear. They are... Figuring things out. They are looking like a juggernaut that we expected them to be during the regular season. I'm getting a little squeamish about my 54-win prediction, although um, you know we will see plenty more turns and ups and downs and twists and all that before the season is over. But they are weathering the storm without DeAndre Ayton right now. JaVale McGee and Frank Kaminsky filling in admirably, and in, in the case of Frank tonight, incredibly, they are though more than anything just starting to look like themselves and starting to sort of I would say maybe even more so than the encore stuff because I was never truly concerned about that but they are getting back to the the metal T um, T L E not T A L not uh, aluminum but brain fortitude mental focus that we that they, that any great team needs and that we saw them flash during their finals run. And I think there were a few moments in the second half that really got me thinking that way. One, the, and I I might not have these in exact order, so pardon me, but um, there was one where Booker got called for a technical foul. And the minute that he finally got called for it, because the the Suns were kind of asking for it. The, The second half started with a technical foul on a delay of game, it was chippy right away. The Blazers got into the bonus with six minutes and 23 seconds left in that third quarter, I believe. So it was a very odd start to that second half. Booker gets uh, Tech just playing up the calls and barking at the refs, and he didn't say or do anything particularly out of line. It was sort of the culmination of things more so than anything. And the minute that the referee called it, he chilled out, walked to the corner. You saw Chris Paul kind of, you know, tell the guys to come over, rally them together to just, you know, focus everybody up. Book waved them off, stayed in the corner, and it wasn't an issue. And to me, that that's a really big moment because it's the internal focus and the internal commitment to winning that book was able to do you know send the message that he wanted to send whether it was on purpose or maybe he lost his cool a little bit and it was an accident but he did that realized that he you know had crossed the line right away or or that the message that he wanted to send was had been sent all, all good and then moved on ri- rinsed his mind out and then got back to it you know what i mean and that is not to say that they were not doing that or that they were you know out out of control to start the season but there was just not that that certain get to the line, cross it, and then you know knock it off and move on. They were just sort of lollygagging, going through the motions. And look, I, I don't think tonight was a perfect game, but there were moments like that that just signified like, okay, that, that element of turning it on that we didn't see during that one and three start, they're able to do that now. The other one that really stood out to me, and this is a signifier of Mikhail Bridges' Coming into his own. And I would say it was there last year, but it's felt more consistent this year, which is that he is always ready to be a scorer in the clutch, in a big moment, to make, take and make those shots. And you know, I don't want to read too much into the finals or any playoff moments, but he was far from consistent during the postseason last year. His first taste of that, that, that opportunity and how much his value was going to be in those moments I think he answered that call sometimes not so much others this season I have felt it more consistently in the moment in specific that I'm talking about in the second half with Mikhail is the the three he hit his only three of the game he took it without hesitation in a big moment you know the Blazers I think were back within single digits in the fourth quarter Mikhail was 0 of 2 from the from three He was before that three of nine from the field, took the shot anyway without a a moment's hesitation, made it, I don't think it necessarily was like the icing of the game, but it, it definitely was a big confidence booster and energy booster. And then he's, you know, talking a bunch of crap. He was talking, you know, when the Suns finally got a call with the Portland offensive foul, He's, you know, chirping at the referees just like everybody else. So that being able to take that shot and and make it and know that you are going to get those opportunities and being ready for them, I think is so big for Mikhail. So that was another one. And then just not even a moment, I guess, in this case, but only having 10 turnovers is another great sign of this because you're just not beating yourself. And unfortunately, that was happening a lot to start the season is... The Suns were, you know, playing incredibly sloppy. They were letting teams, you know, get on the offensive glass. Guys like Herb Jones from the Pelicans is, you know, getting putbacks and they're getting guys op- they're leaving guys open for 3 who aren't even, you know, shooters that that you should ever allow to get hot and and it was a it was a nightmare. And then they were compounding problems by turning the ball over. But in this game, you see 10 turnovers, which is a pretty good number for know, a regular season game where guys are playing who are not going to be playing in the playoffs, and you're not necessarily at the absolute apex of your execution. is a good number, and then you have the 27 assists and the 28 three pointer three point attempts, and that those three numbers, if they can stay there, the Suns are going to have a chance to win every single game that they play. If you combine that with that mental fortitude, they're going to, they're just going to be in a really good spot. That's what we saw this team look like and and do on a nightly basis in the postseason to get where they did they did not beat themselves they played with an identity they played together they had the mental focus and wherewithal and fortitude to just clamp down that bunker mentality from the bubble all the way through last year's finals all of that was a trademark of them and we've started to see it throughout this win streak but especially i think tonight in that first in that second half to just Finish off the job, so we'll get into the other big part of what was al- what allowed the Suns to finish off the job. His name is Frank Kaminsky. We'll get to him in the positives in just one second. First, though, quick word from BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, which means more odds, props, and lines than you've ever had before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action in both college and the pros all season long. So head to that new updated desktop website or check out their mobile app, make an account and when you do use the promo code locked on when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code locked on when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. From basketball and football to the NHL, boxing, and UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available throughout the rest of 2021 over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, again, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Frank the Tank was in rare form tonight. Again, a career-high 31 points. I believe, a career high. I, I, I'm not even going to check myself. I, I know it's a career high, but then I said 31, and it just felt like he must have scored more. But then you remember, his Charlotte career was certainly not anybody's idea of dominant, so 31 it is. And he, I wouldn't say he started slow, but he really started to pour it on. He had a, a weird post up when he early on in his time in the game. I think he really started to turn it on after JaVale picked up his fourth foul and had to go to the bench early. It was a dumb foul. It was in transition just to stop a fast break possibility of those take fouls that everybody's been complaining about. And in this case, I don't really mind the foul as far as it being a take foul. And I don't have that strong of an opinion. What I do have an opinion on is that that is a dumb, dumb thing to do when you already have three fouls and it's early in the third quarter. That is really when Frank, as an offensive player, started to take over this game. He finishes With a plus 16, the Suns outscoring Portland by 16 points when Kaminsky was on the floor and being outscored by six points when McGee was on the floor. So you know who was the better impact tonight. And I really think too that Kaminsky sort of throwing his weight around in a literal sense, using his size, getting into the post, being sort of a a triple threat in terms of shooting, scoring inside, and passing was even more so than his own scoring and, and the energy and the the connector things that he does for the suns i think another big part of it is that the the, the the trailblazers in the first half were able to go small with larry nance jr at center and yusuf nurkic only played 19 minutes in this game partially because he had five fouls but also i just don't think that chauncey billups liked that look very much for portland so What you saw is when Nance was on the floor in that first half playing the five, the Blazers made a pretty nice run. In that second quarter, they outscored the Suns, or I'm sorry, in the first quarter, it was 26-27. The Suns outscored them 33-21 in that second quarter. It felt like if the Blazers can just play small in the second half, maybe things will go well, especially when McGee then picks up the foul early on in the third quarter. It's looking like, all right, well, maybe this small ball thing will be even more dominant because you really don't want Kaminsky having to move his feet necessarily on defense. But none of that came to fruition because what Frank did when he came in is made his impression felt. And so that turned the tide of the game and and Portland was really never, never able to get back over the hump at all Um, they you know they got within five I think was the closest you had a game where Damian Lillard looked a little better than he has but still was not the pull-up three-point shooting menace that he can be so the Trailblazers were a little bit quiet and Kaminsky was able to kind of take the game into his own hands what else happened in this game I I don't really know if it's Kaminsky I hope I gave him enough love but the other positive that I want to hit on and it's kind of maybe a strange night to do it because Kaminsky was the only guy that that was you know really really the box score jumps out at you but something that I just haven't talked about enough is Booker's shot selection and overall sort of the way that he's operating so he's a little bit down in true shooting this season um to start off. And part of that is he's only shooting 45% from the field and only 81% from the free throw line. Those are the main reasons because he's actually better from deep right now than he has been in the past. He's shooting a little bit more from deep. He has 9.2 three-point attempts per 100 possessions per game. He is at 6.4 compared to 5.5 last season. So he's taking more of those He's making them at a higher clip and just the other shots aren't going down, which means you would expect those other shots to start going down and that's really good news. But even maybe more specifically than that, the attempt is what I want to home in on right now because Booker took six tonight. He, he He's taking them from deeper, I'm sure you've noticed. He's taking more off the bounce and I am more than okay to deal with, I think a little bit, of inconsistency on that front from him a two of six night on a game in a game like this because a I think he's become a much smarter player I trust him to not turn the ball over quite as much I would think that the free throws will start to come although if you're trading some threes in for twos then naturally those free throws aren't going to come because you're not inside where 10 fouls tend to happen quite as much but I still think zero free throws like he had tonight is is not likely to continue every day. So what I'm saying is you were able to see he's, the Suns outscored Portland by nine points when Booker was on the floor, despite him shooting five of 15, two of six from three, and no free throw attempts because he's getting on the glass. He's pushing the pace when he's on the floor. He got six assists. He had four turnovers, which isn't amazing, but it's not that many. And his defense was fine. So I think if you can trust him to be efficient with his possessions on all of the other times that the ball is in his hands, then you can afford to, to to kind of mess with, try out, experiment around with more three-point shooting. So if that number can stay between six and seven a game, and he can hover in that average territory as a three-point shooter, knowing that he's going to take some difficult ones, he's taking some deeper ones... That is really, really good to see, and it just did stand out to me a little bit tonight because um, especially to just see that still sort of that commitment happening to taking more of those even on a night where the shot just wasn't going in. I mean, he's 5 5 of 15 overall, and he still was just taking those, and and I, I would imagine that's because it's just a point of emphasis for him this season coming off of a playoff run where he did just that. He was taking a ton of threes, and you can see the way that it bends the defense around They're running a lot of the same stuff for Booker as they are for Shamit coming off of screens, and we obviously know Booker can handle and transition in the pick and roll in all these different ways, and the threat of him pulling up or shooting those deep threes bends the defense in a way that it doesn't if if they know that you're trying to seek out the mid-range or the drive. So I think that will be important going forward, and we saw it again tonight. And in a night where it was really the Kaminsky show and then just sort of keeping portland in check i think you got to give booker a shout out for for finding that sort of second gear and and a new way to win the game we'll talk about more uh a little bit of negative to close the show although the bench mob of course was buoyed by mr kaminsky so uh do not get me wrong there but we will talk about the bench bridges and johnson in just one second first so another word from mcdonald's which is the title sponsor of today's show and a Key component of communities, proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge, and it's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. McDonald's, I told you guys, I didn't even, it wasn't even like a community, it wasn't anything, it was, I gotta try this McRib. So perfect timing, the McDonald's is joining our show for the time being because McRib is here. Crunchy onions, that zesty barbecue sauce, doesn't that sound delicious? Just go check it out, if you haven't had it before, I promise it is worth it. You have to at least have it once, and then I'm sure there's some of you listening who already know you love it. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect and enjoy. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Closing out the show, thanks for making Lockdown On Sons your first listen after wins, after losses, after scandals, after investigations. Luckily, nothing particularly new on the Robert Sarver front, so let's close things out talking just basketball before... We have to zoom in the other direction again here. But a few typical recap segments here for those of you maybe new. I get these every, I, I do these, I hit these every single time that I do a game recap show. So I will not miss them today. First one being how many shots did Mikhail Bridges take? And this is a little bit different of a trend. It's the Kings game and this game where the Suns are just sharing the ball and kind of executing at their highest potential. You don't actually see the same trend playing out, which was in the beginning of the season, a lot of games where Bridges was taking the second most shots on this team. Tonight, he was tied for fourth with 10 shots attempted. Um, You were seeing mostly his damage coming in transition. Didn't really operate in the pick and roll or take many of those mid-range shots tonight. He was really just moving without the ball, especially on those fast breaks where everybody is looking for him. I do not understand how this man can be such an elite defender while also having the timing to leak out in transition as often as he does because he is a very high IQ player, and I guess that's why I am not in the NBA because I can't fathom doing that, and he does it all the time. But Cam Johnson is our next um, subject here, and the segment typically has been called Cam Johnson Breakout Watch because I thought we were going to get that this season so far we have not cam is two was two of six from the field today uh two of four from deep look you're not going to hear me criticize the guy for taking shots so if that's what you are here for i think you should maybe hit uh, the fast forward button or listen in hear me tell you why you should not be worried because The shooting is exactly why he's valuable. I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? I mean, if if he's doing other things, I think that's when you actually get into hot water. Cam, to me, one of the the worst signs from the season from him so far is that he's overly committed to working the ball inside. We've seen him take way more mid-range jumpers than he has any business taking. And, you know, sometimes attacking a closeout or or dribbling past a closeout only to have to give the ball up and a contested three or you know a three with the hand sort of coming at you on a closeout is a good shot for cam johnson it's a good result for this offense for the most part if you can get an in rhythm three for cam johnson that isn't completely engulfed by the defense and it's it's the best thing that he does on an nba court so you got to keep doing it you know, he obviously made half of his threes today, but you actually, I, to me, it's like, I, I think the better solution isn't to make more of the other shots, it's to just take more threes. And if you make the same amount that you've been making, I think you're going to feel pretty good. Now, yeah, he's hovering around, you know, 33 or so percent from deep on the season. So you want that to go up a little bit, but the rhythm part of this, you I think that's going to be natural if, if he's taking shots that he's more comfortable with rather than, you know, these pull-up mid-rangers and everything else. It's just not his game right now. Maybe it never will be. I think there's plenty of other ways that he can affect the game as a cutter, as a transition scorer. He always is is ready for a dunk or two, and then obviously the deep shooting. So um, the breakout has not really come yet. Obviously, he is a little older too, so maybe it's not going to be as stark as I was hoping when I created this segment, but I do think it's fascinating to continue to check in on him. So I, I definitely will last but not least the bench mob vibe check. And we talked about Frank Kaminsky. Now we just talked about Cam Johnson. There's not a ton left to hit, um, campaign continues to have that spark. He didn't quite score the same way that he did against the Kings on Monday, but nevertheless, he is what he is and he's, he's incredibly valuable to the team. So I, I won't spend too much time there. Abdul Nader I've criticized in the past, but that's actually where I want to finish up, which is I'm, I'm personally starting to wonder, one, is it crazy to say that that Alfred Payton is a more valuable part of the rotation than, than, than Abdul Nader is? That sounds like blasphemy to those of you who listened to my show last year, but this guy has just dropped off, and I don't know if it's the knee injury that he was dealing with. I don't know if it was the prolonged time off of the floor or if this you know at, at some point you got to be honest with yourself too and and I'm not saying he needs I'm not trying to tell him how to think but a- as people who watch this team like this is team number 3 for for Nader and I think it's your number 5 or 6 and you know expecting that he's going to continue to make growth to make to make leaps to make steps even forward I think you got to maybe count that out, rule that out at a certain point. And so I'm not saying that he's a you know, useless player or that he should just have no role on this team. Um, I do think if he can get back to the form he was in last year, that, that there's a spot for that, especially without Torrey Craig. But my, my, my real point here is, at what point do you try Ish Wainwright or Chandler Hutchison? I mean, just to see, you know, those are both guys that I think were pretty smart two-way signings. And the Suns don't have a G League team. They have yet to assign Wainwright or Hutchison to a G League team. So those guys' days on the Suns NBA main roster are ticking away. I believe it's 50. And most teams game that system a little bit by, by sending guys up and down. As far as I know, that has not really been happening. So why not use them? Why not at least see if the Nader minutes don't go well in some of these games, which has been the case more often than not lately? Then try one of those guys. I mean, I think the main problem you have switching out those Nader for one of those two is that the shooting is going to be more of a concern. You don't want to have that weak link on your roster, or I'm sorry, on the you know in your lineup on the floor. But Nader is passing up those shots this season. He has not been a confident three point shooter, and it's not as if the defense is you know shaking in their boots when he's open either. So. At that point, if the if you can trust the defensive part a little bit more from those two guys because they have better size, maybe their decision making is a little better. I know in the case of Hutchison, at the very least, he can put the ball on the floor a little bit more, and that's a huge problem for Nader is that if he has to dribble at all, it does not go well. So very small point, but I'd like to see what those guys have, and I think the Suns would be smart to do it rather than wasting away their NBA experience time on as part of that two-way rule with you know bench minutes, or, or, I mean, sorry, not not minutes, but but, but we're just riding the pine right now. So um, that that's a a very small point. I waited till the end on purpose, but I just find myself thinking that I'm like, can those guys be much worse in eleven minutes? Nader didn't take a three, had three fouls, and was a minus three. Like that's pretty. He had three the the three fouls in his first five minutes on the floor. Like are you telling me that Hutchison or Wainwright are really going to be much worse than that? Or Alfred Payton, for that matter. I mean, much even to a greater degree, I think you could make the case for Payton. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know if Nader is just permanently there because Monty seems to trust him so much or if there is a potential for it to change. But I do think it would be smart to at least explore other options there. We saw that with Jalen Smith before Monty switched back. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we at least see another face there over the rest of the season. All right, that closes out the Benchmob Vibe Check and today's episode. Thank you again for making Lockdown Suns your first listen. Close out the week digging into the Suns numbers so far through 10 games. I think it's a good checkpoint here to really dive into the data. So we'll do that to close out the week on Friday. Until then, enjoy your Thursday.